0: And welcome to another episode of the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm
1: Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker,
0: And we want to welcome you to season three uh, of the Enter the Bible podcast. And to kind of kick things off today, we decided we would try a new experiment. And that is, uh, up until now, We've answered kind of one question per episode, but we found we had a few questions that were sort of interesting, um, but maybe wouldn't take a whole episode in and of themselves to answer. And so we thought we would put them together into one mega episode called the lightning round episode. And we'll have one or two of these. We're not even sure cause we're making it up as we go along folks, uh, but hope that you can uh, enjoy the journey along with us. Um,
1: and we're—it's uh, just the two of us this time. We don't have a guest, so we're going to try to, um, yeah, try to address these real questions from real listeners. Yes, uh, it, to the best of our ability. But without, and, and obviously, we could talk about one of these questions the whole time, but it might be kind of boring. So we're gonna <laughs> try to—we're gonna try to, um, yeah, the lightning round. Exactly. Limit ourselves. Get-
0: we got to give the people what they want. They don't want a boring podcast. They want a quick, snappy, you know, like mind-blowing podcast. So not to overpromise, but yeah, here we are.
1: <laughs> don't, don't raise the expectations. Too, no, man. Okay.
0: This is going to be a really bad episode. Just
1: kidding. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, there, we had, again, we have this uh, this feature on the website, uh, where you can submit questions for us, and we actually do look at those questions. So um, here are uh, some of the questions. There were three uh, recent, relatively recent ones that seemed to kind of fit together. So we're gonna start with those, yep. uh, but one, one at a time. But the first one was, how old is the earth? The second one, were there people before Adam and Eve? And then the third one, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden of Eden by listening to Satan, was God angry? didn't God know this was going to happen and the cons- and consequences for their sin had to be paid. So all about creation, about particularly the story of Adam and Eve. Yep. Um, and before we dive in ourselves, we should say that we did talk about this a bit with one of our guests, Alan Padgett, our friend Alan Paget, when we uh, had, a, had a podcast on, uh, can we believe in the Bible and science? So if you want to go into some more depth, maybe check out that podcast from season two.
0: Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. So, um, Catherine, how old is the earth?
1: Well, uh, I'm not a scientist, but <laughs> I looked it up. Okay. And apparently, it's something like four and a half billion years old.
0: Yes, yes. indeed. Yes. And you are saying then that as people who believe in the Bible we can also believe that the earth is 4.5 billion years old? We can. What? Those aren't mutually exclusive? I thought that if you believed in the Bible, you had to throw out whatever science said about it and just accept the creation narratives as the actual scientific fact.
1: Well, there are Christians who do that, and Uh and I don't want to diss them. So they would say the earth is... More like in the thousands of years old, right? Taking the yep. chronology from Genesis and then figuring it out to today. Yep. Uh, but we also have um, we have these, you know, this evidence of dinosaurs and millions of years ago, and we have evidence of um, evolution. Uh, and we don't have to throw out that kind of evidence uh, in order to be a Christian and to believe that the Bible is true as well, because the Bible is not a scientific manual, yeah. and uh, the, the stories there, including the story of creation, um, are kind of foundational narratives for talking about human condition about the world what kind of world is this uh, how did it come to be or who made it maybe is the more accurate uh, question that the uh, that the Bible addresses yeah uh, and what's you know why are we here those are the kinds of questions that the accounts in Genesis talk about not you know how did this come to be or how old is the earth
0: yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, and I think we did dive into that quite a lot um, with um, Alan Paget in in the last uh, season. So, if this is a question that you want to think more about or that you're kind of stumped by, go ahead and, and check out that episode. We'll put it in the show notes as well for this one um, uh, because we do cover kind of like well, how do you how do you do that? How do you make that um, kind of theological and cognitive? You know, shift to be able to accept both, you know, natural science and the Bible and not necessarily find them contradicting each other. So, yeah, like, how, however old the scientists say it is, that seems like a good enough <laughs> answer to me. Give, and, give or
1: take a few. Sure.
0: If they figure out something more like cuz that's how science works if they figure out something different that's also okay right like we, it's my life doesn't make or isn't made or broken by how old the earth is i guess yeah
1: and you don't right exactly yeah and and i think the larger point is you don't have to check your brain at the door yeah when you when you enter church or when you read the bible so right. um uh, in scripture uh, in Deuteronomy 6 it says You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And that's something that Jesus quotes later when asked what the greatest commandment is. Uh, And, you know, God gave us our minds. I think um, we can worship God by studying this beautiful creation that God has made. And that is one thing that the Bible says very uh, explicitly, that that God is the creator, right? So whether God used evolution or whether God just spoke and everything came to be, Um, that's up to you to to decide what you believe. But the the major point here is that God is the creator. God is the one who creates. So uh, the next question. Yes. Were there people before Adam and Eve, Katie? Well, (laughs) this
0: kind of ties in to the last question that we just asked. And that, I think, is a question of were Adam and Eve Literal historical figures, and I think it's safe to say that the genre or the type of literature that comprises, you know, Genesis 2 and 3, where the Adam and Eve story is found, is not meant to be taken as again a history, but is instead a, a type of literature that could be called creation narrative or, you know, founding narrative. And so, Adam and Eve are archetypes, uh, in, in my opinion, uh, in my interpretation, uh, archetypes of humanity, of, um, of what people are like <laughs> and, yes, and, right. and, and, and who people are, um, in relationship to God and in relationship to one another, right? They're Adam and Eve are married and, they're you know, God makes them and <laughs> loves them, right? Um, and and so uh, it's a story that is making theological points. Uh, it's not again a history or a science textbook about the origins of humanity,
1: right? And and it might be helpful to say that there were other creation narratives, kind of foundational creation narratives. From the cultures around Israel, so this is Israel's ancient Israel's uh, creation narrative uh, in Genesis one one through, well one through eleven basically, but really we're talking about one through three. Uh, but there were these other creation stories, like the most famous one, prob- probably is uh, is one called a Numa Elish, which comes from uh, ancient Babylonia, Mesopotamia, so uh, so east, kind of northeast of Israel. Um, in the Tigris and Euphrates river valleys. And this, uh, this Enuma Elish um, myth uh, talks about the creation of the world by the gods, right? So there's not just one God, there's lots of gods. Yep. And the gods, uh, it's a long story. I won't go into that much detail, but basically the earth is created from a battle between the gods uh, and, and the God Marduk, who's the God of Babylon. Uh, 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 kills, uh, the, the ancient goddess, uh, Tiamat, who's kind of this ocean sea creature monster, uh, and then splits her in two and the top half he makes into the, the sky and the bottom half is the earth. And then humans come along later, uh, created from the blood of another slain god. Um, Those gods
0: are dying left and right.
1: The, the gods are dying <laughs> left and right. They're kind of, like the like the Greek gods, right? Sure. They they right. don't like each other. They battle yeah. a lot, right? right. Uh, and and humans are made as slaves of the gods. That's Ooh. kind of fascinating. And that that's true not just in Enuma Elish, but some other creation stories as well. But that um, the gods are tired of working, right? They need slaves, and so they create human beings as slaves.
0: So they're lazy and murderous. Those gods. That's right.
1: Lazy and ill-tempered and murderous. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, but when you and and this this um, this creation myth seems to be known by the writers of Genesis. So you mm-hmm. get some really interesting um, kind of pushback from Genesis against these Mesopotamian uh, uh, creation uh, stories. Another one is the Epic of Gilgamesh, which has a flood in it. Anyway, if these names ring a bell, by the way, we learned uh, before we started recording that these names were used in the Marvel movie The Eternals. So apparently Gilgamesh and Tiamat are characters in uh, in that uh, in that movie. But anyway, have never seen it. I don't.
0: Probably I don't understand. either. I,
1: and I am a nerd and usually watch things like
0: that. But I haven't gotten into the MCU. No one judge me. Yeah.
1: I know. So. Anyway, so um, where was I? Oh, so when you, so Genesis seems to be pushing back against that. For instance, Genesis says very explicitly in chapter one that God creates the great sea monsters. right? right. The sea monster is not the enemy of God. It's not the, the, doesn't have to be defeated in order for the world to be created, but God actually creates the sea monsters. And it says very explicitly also that God creates the sun and the moon, which are deities pretty much everywhere else, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, right. Marduk, the god who kills Tiamat, is the sun god uh, in Babylon. So God uh, God creates light on day one and then God creates the Sun, uh, I believe on day four. Yeah uh, And so the Sun is not its own deity, right. And yeah. the sea monsters are not their own deities. And human beings are not created to be slaves to God in Genesis, but for relationship, for right. companionship. So this is these are the kinds of things that Genesis seems to be arguing over and against these other creation stories. And of course, that there's just one God. Right, right.
0: Not a bunch of gods and they're not fighting all the time. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's really, that's really helpful in that kind of context sort of, again, helps us interpret these texts theologically in a way that um, can help us kind of avoid that sort of science, faith, uh, kind of false dichotomy that, that seems to exist in our culture.
1: Yeah. I think it's probably important to say, and I think we said this in the other uh, podcast with Alan Padgett, but it's important to say that not everything, we're not saying in this podcast that that nothing is historically accurate or true in the Bible. That is not right, what we right, right. There no, are no, no, certainly no. historical facts, historical uh, narratives uh, in scripture and people who really existed, uh, yes. like King David, like right. Jesus, obviously. Like Jesus. And right. I think both of us would say very very firmly that things like the resurrection of Jesus probably the most important uh historical thing is in fact a historical right it effect. really happened yeah right so it's not that if you throw out creation in seven days or a young earth then you have to throw out everything that's right that's not true you, no you there are certain uh non-negotiables uh, that
0: well and like again Catherine it's it's taking the text seriously in its own terms, right? Like the genre of the text, right? The literary genre of Genesis is a creation narrative. The literary genre of the gospels is, is like a biography, right? And and so telling real stories about real events. So again, it's not like, it's not um, picking and choosing what you believe or what you don't believe. It's, 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 taking the text seriously, and using our God-given brains, as you said in the previous answer, to sort of be very deep and, and um, thoughtful about how we engage the scripture. Yes. That's the conversation. I always have that conversation with my dad, who would be more on the the earth is 6,000 year old, you know, 6,000 years old kind of side. And, you know, he would accuse me of not taking the scripture seriously. And and then I would accuse him back of not taking the scripture seriously. And these are in good, these are in good humor conversations, right? But it's like, I am indeed taking the scripture seriously, because I'm looking at it for what it is. So anyway, those are some of those. Some of those conversations. Yeah.
1: And, and I say this to my students, you know, when I teach Genesis, particularly the international students, you know, you don't have to believe what I believe in terms of the historicity of this narrative, right? You, sure. you are welcome to believe what you're led to believe, but, but you should know, right, that, that this is one other way to approach it. Yeah. So that's anyway. good. Um, so the, another question uh, yeah. when Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, listening to Satan so remember the story the garden of Eden in Genesis 3 the fall was God angry didn't God know this was going to happen and consequences for their sin had to be paid? so uh I should say first I don't like to psychologize (laughs) the bible it's (laughs) biblical narrative is famous for being pretty sparse right there's not a lot of there's not a lot of kind of explicit um, description of inner feelings. Yeah, you don't
0: get that sort of like, and then she thought as her heart swelled with sorrow, there's not right. a lot of that.
1: What, what kind of books are you reading, Kim?
0: Uh, they're were swelling with sorrow. So very tragic, sad books. <laughs> very tragic and sad.
1: <laughs> so, so so the biblical narrative allows us to imagine, right? Mm. Allows us to kind of fill in the details. Um, and, but here, I, I do find this question interesting though, because really I, interesting. I, I, was, I was looking at the Hebrew uh, of Genesis three, uh, when God first um, kind of discovers the sin, right? God is walking, this is uh, chapter three, verse eight. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. At the time of the evening breeze and the man and his wife hid themselves uh, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And then the Lord God said, where are you? Which is interesting, right? Like God must know where they are. Is God just kind of trying to, (laughs) yeah. Um, And then Adam says, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And then God says, who told you that you were naked? And then this is the, this is the interesting question, uh, I think. Uh So in the, in the NRS, in the English, it says, have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? In the Hebrew, it Mm -hmm. says, um, who told you that you were naked? Um, From the tree of which I commanded you not to eat of it, you ate? (laughs) That's that's different. Yeah. From the tree that I commanded you, the tree I commanded you not to eat from it. You ate from it. (laughs) I do detect a little peevish. (laughs)
0: That sounds like a conversation I've had with my children. (laughs) This thing that I said
1: explicitly, do not do this. You did that very thing. (laughs) It's this, there is some emotion there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know whether anger, but I do, I do hear anger. Sure. But I also hear just disappointment, yeah. you know? He's
0: not mad, he's just disappointed.
1: <laughs> well, he's both. He's oh, both. okay, okay, good. God's both. God's disappointed and angry, right? Yeah. But but there is, there is a kind of, yeah, what, really? <laughs> like, what the really? heck, you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I would answer, yes, God was angry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh and but guess what? Angry doesn't mean that God doesn't love, right? right. Angry doesn't mean that God doesn't forgive. <laughs> angry doesn't mean that God didn't uh, you know, hasn't made a way for for redemption and uh, you know, um healing and wholeness. <laughs>
1: Well, which is exactly, yeah, which is exactly true later in the chapter, right? Because God says, um, you know, in the day you eat of it, you will die uh-huh. back in chapter um, two. Two, yeah. Am I right about that? I think that's where it is. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, it's earlier in chapter three. Um, and and it's not, it's, it's, it's Eve quoting God. She yes. says, you shall not eat of, uh, God said, Uh, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die, right? Then when they do sin, when they disobey, that doesn't happen, at least not immediately, right? They're driven out of the garden, but God clothes them, right, replaces the fig leaves with fur, which I imagine would be more comfortable to wear. I also would imagine that.
0: I don't think fig leaves sound particularly great fabric
1: choices for... One's clothing, probably. probably not. So God, so God clothes them. God, uh, God cares for them. God continues to care for them, and they don't die for many, yep. many, many, many years. Right, like a thousand. After that. So as you say, God is angry, but God is also merciful. Even in this first, uh, this first sin, I think uh, the the further question here was, didn't God know that this was going to happen? And you know, there's debate about this. We. we we talk um, in classic terms about God being omniscient, right? Meaning God is all knowing. Uh-huh. Well, does that mean that God knows everything that's gonna happen every second, you know, from, from the creation till, you know, the coming of Christ? Perhaps, you know, uh, or perhaps God knows, um, knows things, knows what is able to be known, right? Mm-hmm. And but that, but that maybe, and I'm, taught, I'm basically channeling my, my uh, former colleague, Terry Fretheim, who uh, unfortunately died uh, about a year and a half ago, but he was a long time Old Testament professor here at Luther Seminary. But he talks about that God uh, knows the end of things. God knows God's will will be done, uh-huh. but that God allows space for human beings to actually have freedom. Yeah, uh, and so that God re- God works with human um, decisions. God works with human free will, still to bring about God's purposes. But yeah. how God, you know, um, how those come about may change depending on how human beings respond. Yeah. So, so did God know? He, God probably probably had a pretty good idea. <laughs> probably knew that humans make a mess of things yeah (laughs) knowing human nature i think even we would know that right yeah right like if you give your child freedom to do everything except one thing
0: they are always going to do the one thing for sure yeah for sure they will do that
1: yeah Mm -hmm. but you know i i think you know it depends what you think about god's uh god's knowledge but yes probably God knew that this was likely to happen even if God didn't know for sure if they were yeah. gonna do that. Well, those were uh, really interesting questions to talk about. Uh, we hope that we provided perhaps a little enlightenment. Uh, and uh, if, you, if you want more, uh, you're certainly welcome to offer more questions uh, on enterthebible.org. But uh, we'll continue with some other questions in, a, in another lightning round uh, session here in, in, uh, that will be posted on the website. But uh, for now, thank you for listening to this episode of the Enter the Bible podcast, a special edition that we're calling a lightning round. Get high quality courses and commentaries and resources and videos and other reflections at enterthebible.org. Thanks for joining us.